I do want to introduce our speaker this morning, our lead pastor, Charles. So let's welcome Charles as he comes up. Um, today, we mark the start of the Lenten season. How many of you know or heard about Lent? Right? Lent is very famous. You may have seen people in New York walking around with ash on their forehead on Wednesday. Have you? That's not from too much shrinking the night before. <laughs> you know? It's called Ash Wednesday. It's to mark the period of six weeks leading up to Easter, and it's a season famous in church for fasting and prayer. The ash marks, it symbolizes humility, it symbolizes our willingness to focus on spirituality, to turn our eyes from worldly things to godly things, and these are the things that mark this season. And here in our church, we use this time to push into prayer, to make deeper connections with God. We call it 40 days of faith. Now, prayer is at once universally endorsed and kind of questioned at the same time, don't you think? I mean, everybody respects uh, saying, you know, I'll pray for you. My prayers are with you. But at the same time, it's kind of become an empty phrase to some extent. There's a lot of cynicism and doubt about that phrase, especially whenever tragedies strike, for example, whenever there's a mass shooting. All these politicians come out tweeting, my thoughts and prayers are with the victims. And then they turn around and make it ever easier to buy weapons of mass destruction, like automatic rifles, right? And so people rightfully question, what are these words worth, right? Does it even mean anything? Does it do anything? And indeed, I have to admit, even as a pastor, that prayer often does not get answered. Prayer often leaves people, leaves people disappointed. How many of you have had experiences from prayer leaving you disappointed? Come on, let's be honest. I would say probably every human being has had an experience of prayer being disappointing, right? It often does not get answered. And so why would we encourage you to push into prayer, uh, into an exercise such as 40 days of faith? when it can really leave you disappointed. Well, we've talked about this before, but we have a, a bit different view of prayer than is traditionally understood. Prayer is usually seen as God is up there in the heavens, sitting in a throne, and we are down here begging and begging and begging, and if we pray hard enough, or right enough, or well enough, then God will watch to see if we've done enough, and if we are good and righteous people, then maybe God will grant our wish. That's kind of how prayer is subconsciously understood. We think that view is insulting to God. I mean, God is not a magic genie, right? You got to rub the lamp the right way. 
you know, then you get it. If you don't, you don't get it. That's not how it works. Our, our vision of prayer is more from when Jesus taught that God is divine and we are the branches. In this teaching from Jesus, instead of God being up there on a throne just watching our suffering, instead God is all around us. God is connected to us. God is embracing us. God is everywhere. And we are in God. God is in us. And the vine is trying to give us all the nutrients we need uh, to thrive. We talked about this concept before. That sermon was titled, How Does Prayer Work? So if you missed it, you might want to take a listen. So I'm repeating some concepts today, but we are starting Lent today which is famous for prayer and fasting. And so I want us to really dig in deep into the passage where this concept comes from so that we would have a really solid understanding of prayer and why it might be beneficial to us. We're going to like do some uh, deep digging into the passage. Um, we often do not dig deep into the passages here. I usually digest it and present it to you. But a couple of weeks ago, we really dug deep and it was so well received, I thought, I'll give it a try again. <laughs> See if you like it. So we'll go at it. It's from the book of John, chapter 15. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to God's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As God has agape me, so I have agape you, so now remain in my agape. Now, in most translations, this just says love. As God has loved me, so have I loved you, now remain in my love. I substituted the word love with the original Greek. The original Greek here is agape. And agape is not like other types of love. And so it's useful to use this word agape in its original form. And we talk about agape a lot in this church because it comes up a lot in the Bible. It, it seems to be the main teaching of Jesus. And even in this passage, you will see as I read it how often it comes up. Let's read on. As God has agape me, so have I agape you. Now remain in my agape. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my agape, just as I have kept God's commands and remain in God's agape. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Agape each other as I agape you. Greater agape has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. It's like every other word, right? Agape. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from God I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name... God will give it to you. This is my command, agape each other. Now this is why this passage is important to understand prayer. 
right? It says, whatever you ask in my name, God will give you. Jesus is talking about prayer that works, you know, unlike our usual experience where prayer doesn't work. So this passage contains keys to understanding how to pray in a way that will lead us to being satisfied. A prayer that works. So let's dig in, okay? The first, Jesus tells us, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Sometimes, Jesus speaks as if he were more than a human being. As if he were God incarnate in the Bible. And this is one such instance. Because Jesus represents himself here as the vine that is connected to and sustains all life. That's God-like, don't you think? So then what does he mean, apart from him, we can do nothing? We can't go to the bathroom? We can't do evil things apart from Jesus? Wouldn't that mean Jesus is doing evil things through us? Obviously, people can do evil things contrary to God's will. So what does anything here mean or nothing here mean? Let's look at the original Greek. The word nothing used here is auden. It also means good for nothing, no longer potent, nothing that matters that lasts. So, you know, words have multiple meanings, right? Well, in English, any word often has lots of meanings and implications. So we can take this verse to mean we can't do anything meaningful that lasts, that matters. Nothing good in the eyes of God. That makes more sense, doesn't it? Um, Keep this in mind as we read on. Jesus goes on to say, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. If you remain in me, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So two options here. If we do not remain in Jesus, we will wither away. Life will shrink and won't feel that good, dry. We lose our ability to produce anything that lasts, that matters, that's meaningful. But if we remain in the vine, Jesus says, well, we can ask anything from God and it will get done. What a promise. But again, we have to ask, what does anything here mean? Can we just pray for a Tesla? Is that going to work? You know, have you tried asking for uh, the winning numbers to mega jackpot? Has that ever worked? So I, I, I see some nods. Yeah. You know, why not? If you're like going to do it anyway, might as well ask for some, you know, inside uh, information, right? Well, not even St. Peter could get that, right? So just like nothing in this passage means nothing good that matters, that lasts, I think we can take anything here to mean anything that lasts, that's meaningful, that's good in the eyes of God. That would make more sense, wouldn't it? This is confirmed by the rest of the passage. As Jesus goes on to say, this is to God's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Fruit in this context represents 
something that brings glory to God, that proves we are following Jesus. It gets repeated in verse 16 where it talks about fruit that will last. So, you know, things in life that last, that's meaningful, that matters. That's what we are talking about here. Now, there's a little bit of a wordplay going on here. The word used for fruit that lasts, that lasting, in original Greek is mene. And that word mene is the same word as remain. So when we see Jesus saying, if you remain in me, it's if you mene in me and I in you. You will bear much fruit, fruit that menes, right? Fruit that menes comes from us, mene, in Jesus. I see Lucius grinning because he loves these word plays, right? Theater major. So word plays so good in the original. This word mene, along with agape, are two words that just get repeated again and again and again, umpteen time in this passage. Look how much it comes up. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you manna in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not manna in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you manna in me and my words manna in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will manna. So first part of the passage is all about mene. It's pretty fun to see Jesus uses the same word, mene, to connect these two concepts. Mene in Jesus leads to fruit that menes. So what is this fruit that lasts, that menes? And what does it take to produce this fruit? These are the key questions to understand this passage at all? These are, these are the million-dollar questions from this passage. Now, let me give you a very useful tip when reading the Bible. Questions that come up when reading the Bible, the answers to that are almost always found in the passage itself. What we usually do is, once a question comes up in reading the Bible, we then go speculate. What could it mean? What might that be? You know, and, and we go wild with all kinds of speculations. You know, but almost always, answers to questions that come from a passage is found in the passage itself if you look hard enough. And this passage is no exception. Jesus tells us the answer to our questions. He says, if you keep my commands, you will mene in my agape. Just as I've kept God's commands and mene in God's agape, my command is this, agape each other as I agape you. So what it takes to remain in Jesus is to keep his command. And he tells us his command. His command is agape each other. Agape. That's it. It's the other word that comes up a lot. And now it's connected to fruit that manes. Keeping Jesus' command means mene in Jesus, which leads to mene in agape, which leads to fruit 
the menace, which is agape. It's all connected. So putting it all together, the formula is keep Jesus' command, which is equivalent to <laughs> mene in Jesus, equivalent to mene in agape. This is Kevin's work. He's very clever. Verses are on the left, and it's all connected. Fruit that menace. And then that leads to prayer that works. Prayer that actually is functional. That won't disappoint you. That will, lead to, that will lead to fruit that lasts. There's a lot here. So we also prepared a visual picture to capture this equation. Because some of us are mathematical and we like equations. But some of us are more artistic and you know, enjoy graphic representation. And this is thanks to Amelia who has artistic gifts unlike me. I have zero artistic gift. I'm very good with numbers and equations. You know, very, very bad at anything like this. But this picture, in one picture, captures all of what we've been talking about. So what we have here is that God is agape. The Bible tells us God is agape, doesn't it? And so... Like in this passage, agape comes up all the time. God is divine, and agape is what God's business is all about. And so God is pushing up the necessary ingredients for the branches to bear fruits of agape. You know, enabling all life to exist is, is God's attempt to produce agape. Love really is the only thing that matters in all of existence. There's really no other reason God created all of creation. God is not about obedience. God is about love. And that is what God wants. And God has created the conditions for love to happen. But God, is, God cannot force love to happen. Because as soon as force, manipulation, coercion... As soon as those things happen, love goes out the window, right? They cannot exist together. Black and white cannot, you know what I'm saying, they don't, right? And so, branches are free to choose whatever they want to produce in their life. God gave us that free will so that love can exist. So branches can go bear the fruits of agape, or branches can produce something else. They can position their life primarily towards success or wealth or money or fame or beauty or how many Instagram followers you have. Right? I mean, some people have made their, their purpose in life, right? That's what makes them get up in the morning. You know, how many followers do I have? Or, you know, what can I put up on social media, so that I can have more followers. It, it makes them feel good about themselves when there's more and worse about themselves when there's less. Their life is primarily positioned in different ways. And then it can, the branches can produce non-agape things. And now, I, I'm not knocking Instagram followers. I mean, you could make millions of dollars if you have a lot of followers. So that's a good thing. I'm not knocking it from practical point of view, but it's not something that lasts, <laughs> right? 
it, you, it's, it, it's temporal. It, it's not something that really, really matter. And so you can bear black fruit or red fruit. Red is agape, black is whatever else, non-agape fruit. That you can make your life be about. And this choice is a critical choice. What do you primarily make your life be about? It's like red pill and blue pill from Matrix. You know what I mean? It will change all kinds of things about what happens in your life. Jesus says, I call you friends because you now know my business. He just told us agape is God's business. God is agape. And if we align our, friend, our life purpose with God's purpose, God's nature, then we become friends with God. And that's what it means if you many in me and my words many in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. And it now makes perfect intuitive sense. If your primary life purpose is aligned with agape, God's purpose, then what comes out of your heart, your prayers of your heart, will be about producing agape, wouldn't it? If that's your life purpose, you would want more of that happening. And so if you're praying to produce more of the fruits of agape, and that's your life prayer, that's your, I mean, it's not just one-time prayer. That is the prayer of your soul, of your heart. And obviously, God is going to be very interested and motivated to help you produce this fruit. Don't you think? Because that's what God is all about anyway. So this makes perfect intuitive sense. And this is the type of prayer that works. Life prayer that works. That will not leave you disappointed, but instead leave you satisfied. As Jesus says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Complete joy. Perfect joy you will have satisfaction in your heart, in your life, in your soul. So, all this is to say, and this is stating the obvious, position your life primarily towards agape. If you do, the promise is joy. Juicy fruit. That lasts in your life. That's the promise. You won't feel regret. You won't feel empty. You won't look back on your life and wonder, what's my life have been about? Am I leaving anything good that lasts? How is my heart's satisfaction with my days? You will instead feel very full. You will feel satisfaction in your life. Now again, let me be clear, we do need success and money and wealth and whatever to live a life that is fun and convenient, right? So I wish you all the success in the world. Go become successful because that will make your life more convenient. But that's it, convenience and comfort. Leave it there. Don't make it your primary purpose in life. It's just to have a little more fun. 
you know, like going to watch a movie or something. You know, nobody makes, I mean, maybe some do, but very few people make going to watch a movie primary purpose in their life, right? <laughs> That's not going to end up well. I mean, it's kind of like that to some extent. It's not that, it doesn't last. And that's why Jesus says you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers if you don't align your life with agape love. Now, this is not that easy, though, to align our life to agape because agape is very unnatural to a human being because that's unconditional love. That's why Jesus repeats his command and puts it in such strong terms as command. My command is this, agape each other. And then again in verse 17, this is my command, agape each other. When something's repeated, that's important in the Bible. And command is a very strong term. It's not a recommendation. We have no choice in this matter if we are to follow Jesus. And that's because agape is very unnatural. Romantic love, family love, friendship, these are types of love that kind of just comes natural to us, doesn't it? But to be unconditional in our mentality, to have regard and worth for every human being unconditionally, that's very hard. We are all addicted to judging and measuring each other constantly. And it's so easy to find fault in ourselves and in others constantly. That is human nature. That's why we need to make intentional effort towards agape. It takes an intentional choice. That's why this season of Lent, since it's the command of Jesus, we're going to really dig deep into agape and fruits of agape and what does agape do and how can we do this better because it's so important. Wouldn't you agree? It seems to be the one thing where everything hinges on. And so we're going to do this. I'm very excited. Uh, we, are gonna, we have a lot prepared for you, a lot in the next six weeks. For example, on March 26th, Sunday after service, we're going to have a prayer time for agape, for anyone who wishes. Anyone who does not wish it, don't have to stick around. But there will be lunch, there will be child care. If you want child care, you have to let us know in advance because it takes planning. But we're going to help everybody experience this if you wish. Um, there will be pastors will be there. There will be leaders, people experienced in praying for others to provide an experience, a chance for you to experience what the Bible describes as Holy Spirit pouring agape into our hearts. The role of the Holy Spirit is described as pouring agape into our soul. And so this should be good. God is divine pushing agape into us. Let's try to experience spiritually in prayer time God's agape. Maybe something will break in our hearts. Something will be freed, liberated, wounds healed. Help us to move towards agape. Sounds good? So that's something we have coming up. And we have lots more. Uh, there's going to be a user's guide that's uh, on our app. Did you know we have an app? 
River NYC app. We have it. So using that QR code, you can get our app, or you can just type River NYC on your app store, and it'll come up. You know, this church, you, we, are, we are with the, with the times. We're with it. <laughs> you can use it to access our daily devotional. It's back. It's been a fan favorite through the years. How many of you have enjoyed daily devotional in the past? It's been, yeah, it's good stuff, right? We have it coming back from Monday to Friday each day of the week. We're leaving weekend off. You know, you can come to church on Sunday. Uh, a new Bible passage and thoughts for reflection and points and takeaways uh, will be provided for you by the pastors. It's led by Mike. Thank you, Mike. All the pastors will contribute, but Mike is leading the charge because he has a passion for spiritual formation. So thank you. Uh, each week, the devotional will have a theme. The staff have picked five fruits of agape to focus on for the next five Sundays. The, each sermon will be focused on this theme, and throughout the week, each Bible passage and devotional will focus on this theme. We want to focus on resilience, inclusivity, authenticity, humility, and creativity. I will be kicking this off next Sunday with resilience. I got some good stuff, if I may say so myself. I'm looking forward to it. Hope to see you again next Sunday. Uh, may God fill us up with these great fruits this season. Um, Another thing we want you to consider this season is what you want to take on and what you want to leave behind. You know, think about some spiritual discipline or habit you might want to take on this season. Maybe you will do daily devotional. Maybe you resolve to come every Sunday. Maybe you resolve to check out a, a life group, a weekly small group, get to know someone. Uh, we have a half-day retreat coming up on March 18th. Saturday, right here. Um, it's pretty fun. Uh, it's going to be fun. So, you know, many things that you might want to uh, check out. But also, this is a season famous for fasting, things you want to leave behind, things just for six weeks you want to kind of like stop doing, uh, just to focus on agape. Finally, we have prayer beads for you. Prayer beads that are bracelets. Uh, we do this every year. Do we have a picture for this? I think we, yeah, there it is. This is great. Prayer beads, reminders for you to pray this season. Uh, there will be um, four stations today, two up here, two in the basement. All kinds of different beads that you can personalize for yourself, uh, different colors and patterns representing different things you're praying for. The gold bead represents God's agape, unconditional love. Whenever you touch it, whenever you see it, we're hoping that this will remind you, you are beloved unconditionally. You are worth the life of God incarnate unconditionally. May that help you anchor yourself this season. Amen? Amen? Pink is fruits of agape. I don't know why it's pink. 
but it's pink. Nice color, right? Uh, red fruit, pink. One of the, uh, we are asking you to pick one of the five traits. Resilience, creativity, humility, authenticity. And try to pray this season to grow in that trait. Beige is what you want. You know, it's fun to pray for something practical. You know, you want to pray for a Tesla, go for it. <laughs> Maybe it'll happen. Why not? You might be disappointed, you know, but maybe, who knows? So something you might want, go for it. Patterned one is prayer for the world. The world is patterned after conditional mentality. The world runs on some hierarchy. You know, you could run on the axis of wealth or race or your skin color, or your sexual orientation, or something. The world is conditional. And it leads to all kinds of injustice and prejudice. We're asking you this season to pick something that you see that is clear injustice, that is no good. That goes against God's agape. And try to pray for more equality in this world, unconditional treatment of all people in this world. Because that is fruit of agape, right? So go for that. It's unconditionality that makes agape special. So focus on unconditionality, okay? And then prayer for others. You can select up to five letter Bs. Uh, we usually recommend, you know, maybe you have family, you have friends, maybe you want to pray for your mom, and you pick letter M. Maybe you have a friend named Frank that you want to pray for, you pick letter F. You get the picture, right? So pick five, up to five people, pick those letters, pray for them, and see what happens. If you're praying for them unconditionally, if you align with God's purposes, who knows? Maybe something wonderful will happen. Amen? We're hoping that this will be a wonderful season for you. A season of growth. A season of satisfaction in your soul. A season of answered prayers because you are aligned and are friends with God. In Jesus' name, may God fill you up this season. Amen.